Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The New Standard. And I want to apologize. We're, we're hopping on a little bit early uh, because the game kind of concluded early. So we're just going to jump on and start early. So I hope um, that didn't interrupt anybody who wants to join along with us on the live program. Game, game's over, everybody Lance. That's already in there. Yeah, I just, um, you know, I just wanted to get this started. It, Man, anyway, if you want to participate in the program, <laughs> go to YouTube, do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams or Neil Kulong. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast via YouTube shows. Uh, you can go to Spotify, you can go to Apple, any of your local or, or any of your podcast feeders. Do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams. Want to give a big shout out to Great Dads versus everybody. Also, want to give a shout out to Pair Health. And also, last but not least, want to give a shout out to Plant Based Planet doing a fantastic job in introducing new vegan ideas to families uh, and to people in general. Let me just start by saying this. You know, Neil, you know, when I need to find words to say or themes and narratives about things, being a hip hop fan and growing up, being 52 years of age and growing up, in the hip hop era, being an MC myself, having released records, put stuff out freestyle for years. I, I go to hip hop when I want to try to describe narratives. And I'm going to quote the notorious B.I.G. And I want to do this quote for all of Steeler Nation. If you thought what we were saying was not what we were saying in describing this football team. If you don't know, now you know. People everywhere who you are. And if you don't know, now you know. And let me let me give you let me hit you what one more. Trina, what you don't know now, now, now. If you didn't realize. What this was prior to this game, you know what it is now. You know what it is now. You saw the difference between a team contending for a Super Bowl and a train and a team that is hashtag sexy tanking, hashtag treading. They're just in different stratospheres. Also, you saw a player that is playing on a different stratosphere in Josh Allen. Josh Allen is an alien. He is doing alien extraterrestrial type shit with the football and ball placement and throwing the ball. He is playing him and Patrick Mahomes are playing quarterback at possibly like the highest level you can possibly play the position. They are playing it at a different level. So, Steeler Nation, all's not lost. And, and Neil's going to break down some stuff because I want to get into some positives of this game because we all know what the negative was, 38-3, 400 yards passing at halftime, 11.3 yards per play at halftime, ass-whooping ass cheeks. We all saw it. But I want to get into some positives in this. Neil, just some quick some quick hashes, some takes. We talked off air. There was some stuff I want to go positives. Neil, to. talk about the positives of the 30. No, no, I don't want, I'm, I'm going to talk about the positives. Neil. I'm going to talk there about the positives, positives because 
in my evolution of trying <laughs> to become a more positive person post pandemic and trying to find the sunny side what was it the sunny side of it's always brighter in philadelphia whatever the show was called <laughs> um you know and trying to find the brighter <laughs> stuff in life you know i got some positives for this game <laughs> I, I do have some positives it's not much but i'm gonna peel it back and, and, and rip the band-aid off and give you the positives and as friday 92 said another great hip-hop quote by krs1 you must learn you must learn neil what must we learn um at this point if we have not learned this is not a good football team you have not been a frequent guest on this or a frequent listener or watcher of this program they are exactly who we thought they were going to be and there's not really a way around that in, in my mind if the score was 38 to 17 which is kind of more why i thought that this would be minus a few uh internal implosions among the steelers team it wouldn't change the fact that this is the result that we should have expected this is this has been a team that has not been good uh for the last two and probably two and a half years really if, if you look back on it we predicted this. We assumed that this was going to happen. It shouldn't come as much of a surprise. The manner in which they do it might be a bit shocking. There's clearly some some animosity going on here. The the resentment is real. If you look in the comments, there there's a lot of uh, a lot of angst, a lot of teeth gnashing going on, uh, not just here but in Steeler Nation as well. This is a team that doesn't have great depth and just played the best team in football uh, down a lot of guys in the second half. They were making a, a rookie start, uh, his his first career start in a hostile environment. He did okay, and literally nobody else did, except with the exception of King George. George Pickens and Kenny Pickett were the, the two players I felt in this game that uh, performed to a level that, that you could respect and, and you could go along with. You got really bad games from a lot of guys that you shouldn't have gotten them from. Deontay Johnson, not a good game for him. People who frequent this program regularly know what I feel about Chase Claypool, and I hate to be I told you so guy, but I don't think he's going to like what he hears in film tomorrow. He was awful today. Uh, offensive line play was not good for the second game in a row. Uh, defensive line beyond the first drive, which I thought I, I was encouraged immediately from them, uh, they fell apart as the game went on. And on top of all of this, you are playing the alien, as Lance referred to him, as Josh Allen who put up one of the finest, individual passing performances we've seen in a pass happy league in the last couple of years he was phenomenal today my god he hit a couple throws that are just not human by uh, half time i don't yeah I, I don't know how much more defense could have been applied i know that everyone's going to watch it frame by frame and talk about how make fitzpatrick needed to levitate himself eight inches above where he was on the field <laughs> to stop a pass that was dropped literally on top of his head right to a single out, uh, outreached arm from the receiver ahead of him. That's a phenomenal throw. You can't defend that a whole lot better than what Minka did. The Bills, though, top to bottom, are an excellent team. They are a great football team. They were 14-point favorites for a reason. And on top of that, Pittsburgh played a pretty bad game. So uh, the result of this game is not surprising. The main thing, Lance, though, I, I think is worth talking about in this, was the performance of... Kenny Pickett in his 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 uh, first career start. <clears throat> Final numbers for Pickett on this day: thirty four of 52, 
52 pass attempts in his debut. 327 yards, that's 6.3 a pass, not ideal. One uh, one interception and a couple stalls um, by an offense in the red zone that inexplicably was kicking field goals, went down by four-plus touchdowns. Let, let uh, me interject real quick, times, 74.8 rating on the game for Kenny. Let Pitt. me interject real, real quick, Neil, and, I, and I'll throw it right back to you. I want to apologize, who, whoever that was on our last show that posted numbers – like this for Kenny Pickens in his rookie debut that he would throw for like 334, so on and so forth. He had like three touchdowns in that stat, though. Yes, that's the difference. He had three touchdowns in that stat line, and they did not get beat 38-3. to But I don't think any of us envisioned that Kenny Pickett would throw for 327. I just want to throw that in there real quick, Neil. You got and you got to be real happy about that, right? I mean, yeah, I I agree with you. I we were I don't want to say we were mocking, we were laughing in in, in hopeful. Um, you know, hope-based optimism that Pickett would have a game like that. Pickett, in, in my opinion, Pickett availed himself really well today. I, I thought he did a great job uh, considering the circumstances. Did you notice, Lance, the, the weird stuff that Pickett was doing? He threw a couple balls more than like 12 yards in the air. Do you realize that? He also I mean, who, completed who does some. That? He who also does completed that? some. He threw the ball toward, without question, the best receiver on the Steelers team. And the guy made a, a couple phenomenal catches as well. Um, it, it, of course, I'm talking about King George. Numbers I should have in front of me, but I don't. Second consecutive six-catch game for George Pickens. Six catches, 83 yards on, again, eight targets. That was his line last week. Six catches on eight targets. A lot of that came from Pickett. 13.8 a catch. Uh, he had one he came really close on, but uh hand came down. Uh, not his other foot, so he was out of bounds on that, but... He let came me, let me pretty close to another 100, too, 100, uh, 100 yard game for him. Let me throw in a key number. The key number there that you mentioned is eight. Eight targets, six receptions. Deontay Johnson, 13 targets, five catches. The difference was eight, the number of eight. He had um, eight you know, times more he was targeted. He was targeted more and had you know, a number of empty stuff, a lot of empty stuff that eight, you know, that's eight, you know, that, that, that's bad efficiency there, you know, getting targeted 13 times and eight of those don't result in anything. Yep. And that's kind of what the, I, I'm not surprised looking at the numbers uh, for either Deontay Johnson, five catches, 60 yards or chase Claypool, five catches, 50 yards on a combined 21 targets. You got 111, 110 yards between the two of them. Um, neither of them played well. And and looking at those numbers, that matches what I saw uh, on the field. They were over-targeted. They got the ball a lot and did absolutely nothing with it. Both of them dropped uh, fourth down catches that should have been made. Both of those balls should have been caught. Um, Johnson's came inside the five-yard line, should have been able to hang on to that. They should have had an opportunity to score a touchdown in this game. Uh, he let the team down a couple times. Not Deontay Johnson's best game. I have faith, though, that Deontay Johnson can take that into next week and, and provide something uh, of, of more substance. At this point now, I have no faith in Chase Claypool. If that's the level of, of uh, production this team can expect from Claypool, there is absolutely no reason to give him the ball nine times. Just none. I'll take George Pickens eight times and what he was able to produce um, in, in similarly, similarly adverse situations, considering who they were playing uh, the situation of the game. Pickens played well. Uh, um, I, I felt Kenny Pickett did a great job, all things considered. Not a good game 
um, it, really from anybody else from an individual standpoint. And it all comes down to this, though, Lance. Josh Allen seems like his numbers were way more than this, but 20 of 31 for 424 yards. He averaged 13.7 yards an attempt in this game. Do you realize that? You know what that means? The Steelers had, let's count, one receiver, one receiver with a higher average per, per target or average per catch than that. That was George Pickens. Okay. And they were about the same. That's your quarterback. Four touchdowns, one interception on probably the only ball he didn't throw well the entire game. A little bit underthrown. Levi Wallace was able to make a play. Um, not at all making up for Levi Wallace getting burned a couple times in this game. Josh Allen, was he's a man among boys. He's without question the best player on the field. It is extremely difficult to stop a guy like that. He had close to 500 total yards by himself, um, and he counted for uh, four of the Bills' five touchdowns in this game. Let me give you an absurd number when we're talking about yards per catch. Gabe Davis averaged 57 yards a catch. He was a he got three game. receptions for <laughs> 171 yards for a long, of course, was 98, which was just absurd. But you brought out some interesting things. And, and, I, and I do want to speak to uh, some of the points in the chat about coaching and, and where does it fall when it comes to coaching. But the one thing in terms of the positives, I think we can see why Mike Tomlin made the switch at the quarterback position. And it's not one of just, we need to get Kenny Pickett ready. We need to develop him. He's our number 20 pick, all that good stuff. And all those narratives that are surrounded by him doing that. But I think what we saw with Kenny Pickett from the first drive and even from Kenny Pickett last week, he was just flat out a better player than Mitch Trubisky. I mean, just flat out, when you look at the quarterbacks on the roster, he gave them the best opportunity to win. Now, maybe, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe you start Mason Rudolph for the year, and, and maybe you're in a different position. Maybe Mason Rudolph makes some plays. I know Jerry Dulock in his pregame suggested that, that there was some controversy in the locker room, and some of the players were upset that Mitch started and that they felt that they would be 3-1 and one if Mason Rudolph started. But the bottom line is, this is a developmental year. This is a treading year. This is a sexy tanking year. And uh, pronounce the guy's name right. I, I don't want to rip the guy and, and pronounce his name wrong. Andrew, was it Filipponi? Filipponi, yeah. Andrew Filipponi. He made a point on Twitter. And big up to Andrew Filipponi. No knocks <laughs> to him. I'm not trying to knock him when I say this. He made a statement about. I will. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, I, I know you will. I was teeing you up for that, baby. <laughs> I was teeing you up. We were playing best ball. We'll get, in, we'll get into Pony later. I, I, I'll, I put it on the green, baby. I just <laughs> I just hit it within five feet so you can make the putt, baby. Um, He said that Kenny Pickett should have been removed from the game and that he should have been removed and they should have taken him out for next week for Tampa Bay. There's nothing more here. All he can do is get hurt. Let me say this one time. It's football. Guys get hurt. That is the expectation. We found out, you know, last week that Russell Wilson, you know, has a partially torn pec, I think it was, or whatever the injury was. Yeah, guys get injured. Or a lat. It was a lat, yes. Guys get injured. Guys play with injuries all the time. You'd be – if we knew what guys were actually playing with, it would be unbelievable. 
but but the injury report would be astronomically large if you knew what everybody was playing with. So getting hurt is part of the business. That's what you sign up for, unfortunately. He needs to play snaps. If you want this rebuild, this treading, this sexy tanking to go much faster than it you want it to be, he needs to play. He's got to get reps. Every rep that Kenny Pickett takes, he's learning something. Offensive line is learning something. Matt Canada is learning something about how to call a game with Kenny Pickett. This is development. Also, King George is learning. Warren is learning. Dan Moore is getting tough snaps in a situation like this against a Hall of Fame player where he knows he's going to get expert pass pass protection reps. You can't you can't do that in practice. So the positive in this game is guys get snaps. Guys get reps. This is how guys get better. They play in these type of adverse situations. Now, of course, you want to win the game. But at that point, I mean, we knew winning the game wasn't a possibility. But guys got to play football to get better. And this game, you know, you look at Kenny Pickett's numbers. I mean, Kenny Pickett was out there battling. I mean, he got through for 327 yards, a Steelers rookie record. I mean, he doesn't do that unless he plays this entire game. You've got to take these snaps. You've got to take these bumps. You've got to play football. There's no way you put Mitch Trubisky back in the game or you – it's football. Guys got to play football to get better. Yeah, you don't get better at playing football by not playing football. Um, it, as far as Pony is concerned, that there, there are certain topics – hot button issues that he hits on for the sake of social media clout. Um, it, it's moronic to suggest your rookie quarterback doesn't need to play because you're worried about him getting hurt. Okay. You can get hurt on any play of any game. You can get hurt doing anything. I coughed and threw my back out once. And I was like 26 years old. All right. There's a lot of things that can happen by living life. He is paid to play the game. He is supposed to play the game. He doesn't have anywhere close to enough experience for them to do a lot of the things that they're going to need him to do in, in the duration of his rookie contract. He needs to play. He needs to play. Okay. You're right. He could have gotten hurt by the, the edge rusher who landed on his ankle, bent his knee in a little bit. But for me, and please, please tell me if, if you agree or disagree with this. I really want to get into this conversation. There's nothing I like to see more than a quarterback that has enough fight to go after a guy in a situation like that. I don't think the hit on Pickett at the end of the game that resulted in the scrap that we saw that, that ended up leading to a, a Bills player getting ejected for hitting an official. I love the fact Kenny Pickett did that probably more than anything else I loved about what Kenny Pickett did today. And here's why. The rest of the team should be looking at this as this is a crazy M and effort. Okay. That this is a he's fighting a dude who's literally twice his size. He initiated the fight. He went back after him after he hit him the first time. And he was scrumming it up with him the entire time. I'll take a guy like that in on, on the battlefield any day. Okay. You need to have a guy like that leading your team. In fact, I'd even go as far as to say Pickett was looking for an opportunity to show that he was going to do that. And I love it. I eat that stuff up. And so do football players. The offensive lineman, James Daniels, came and uh, hit him, hit the guy who hit him uh, when he went into a slide. Daniels 
got basically moved into the Bills bench and was going to get assaulted by like 15 of them who were all going after him at that point, as, as tough guys as they are, apparently. He walks out of it knowing that he's going to get a penalty on the play, but he stood up for his quarterback. And then his quarterback shows he appreciates that by kind of doing the same thing. Now, I know that that is uh, uh, probably not clean football. It's probably not something that wins you sportsmanship points. But at that point, I don't care. I want a guy that's going to fight. I don't want the guy that, that's just going to turn the other cheek. This is not a polite game. This is not a game for uh, the, the, the faint of heart or the, the physically adverse like you and me, Lance. We're not supposed to play football. The guys who are out there that are fighting, play in and play out, are going to love and respect the fact their quarterback is willing to fight a guy as well, especially a dude who, like I said, is literally twice as big. Kenny Pickett is not a real big guy. Um, I, I don't remember. Somebody help me out. What was the guy's name? I forget his name. Um, was that, it Shaq that Lawson? He went after. Yeah, Lawson. It was Lawson. Lawson's a big guy, okay? Kenny Pickett is not. Kenny Kenny Pickett couldn't have cared less. I love that about Kenny Pickett now. And that that's to me, that's going to be the, the single best moment of probably his rookie year. He just showed his entire team where his head is. That's how competitive he is. That's how badly he wants to win games. And if there are problems that he has with it, F you, I'm going after you. I want that guy leading my team. And frankly, today he now leads the team. Take the C off of Mitch Trubisky's jersey. Give it to Kenny Pickett because he just earned it. <laughs> That's what a leader does. That's what a man does. That's what you want your quarterback to do. And he did it. I'd give a shit if they lost 38-3 to today. I don't care at all. I saw what I needed to see out of Kenny Pickett, and I, I love it. He's only going to get better as a player. He made some mistakes. He did a lot of really nice things today, things that I would not have expected him to do, things that despite – the, the baffling game plan from his offensive coordinator, despite gaffes from his head coach in, in decision-making, Kenny Pickett left everything that he had out on that field. Kudos to him. And, and, and word to Draymond Green, you know, I, I definitely agree with you, uh, Neil. You know, word to Draymond, Dray, Draymond Green. Draymond's a little bit different, okay? That's not, <laughs> that's not the same thing at all, all right? Totally different. Totally different. Let's just say this. He's not Kenny didn't cold cock the guy. He didn't walk up to him and just slug him. He shoved him. They went after each other. That's that's let's just say that's this. Crapping. You love you know, that. I, I, I'm from uh the one five two three three. I'm from the north side. And sometimes conflict resolution uh requires uh some physical pushing. Here's my thing. This is how much I agree with your point, Neil. I thought the entire offensive line should have been with James Daniel fighting. Not only should have been James Daniel, his whole group should have been with him when they went to the sidelines to get it cracking. It should have tough, been all tough of them. Tough spot at that point. Tough spot you know, at that it's point. It's tough spot. I, but, but I'm I, just it's saying. the middle of the field. David DeCastro did the same thing. Marquise Pouncey yes. did the same thing. There's got to be the dude that does that. But yes. you can't all go charging in. You got to kind of. Yes. I think you, you do exactly what James Daniels did. I'm going to hit the guy because he earned it. And to be honest with you, I don't even think it was a penalty. That it's no, it wasn't. I, I thought it was shoulder to shoulder. Pick it, yeah. He he didn't hit his head one, and he didn't hit him late. It's I get it. As an offensive lineman, though, I want him to jump on that. I'll take fifteen in that situation if my lineman wanna... shows that because I want the rest of my team to see it. 
when he got pushed into the bench, though, it's kind of like, dude, I, I'm praying for you. But uh, <laughs> we're not, we go in there, there is all-out war that's going to happen. Guys are going to get tossed. Guys are going to get hurt. You, you don't want to do that. I want to dig into a couple of things that you said when you were talking about that. I, I think clearly we see why Tomlin made the switch to quarterback position. That picket is better. He's going to be more aggressive. And he's going to be better situationally on third down. I don't know. The percentages for the game, you know, let me look at the percentages on third down for the game. It, it, it they doesn't... weren't good, but Canada screwed them on first and second down a bunch. How many Najee Harris runs do we need, honestly, at this point? How and, many and I'm, and, and I'm, great you, I'm glad you said that, Neil, because I want to talk about that as well. Because yeah. we don't we don't you, talk about Najee. You know, so we see why Tomlin made the switch. There was some rhythm, non-Naji runs, uh, some continuity. He made some aggressive throws into tight area and tight windows. You saw a little zip from the team from the start, although Pierre dropped the ball on special teams. But you saw some, you saw some, you saw some spark, some 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 pizzazz, some zip. You saw some excitement, some electricity from the offense. You actually could call a game with Kenny Pickett playing. You could actually get into some more yeah. of your stuff. Yeah, you'd you'd think that they could. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> they were they were down 17 and they, they called the, the same right side run to Najee with differing pre-snap motion twice in a row. It's like Okay, let, let's let's keep sorry. Let's keep this on Najee. At this point now, if there are still fans who feel Najee Harris is anything above a fantastically mediocre NFL running back, you don't know what you're watching, and or you are so hung up on the guy, the the, the great likable young kid being the savior of the team, you refuse to acknowledge what is happening in reality. In that Najee Harris is not good this isn't an injury thing anymore it, he, he doesn't see what's there and he should not be getting the ball as often as he is it's dragging the entire offense down and he, he's provided next to nothing all season i don't see how that's really going to to change anytime soon either and the offense is is addicted to getting him the ball as much as humanly possible why is it that George Pickens is, is now getting eight targets a game? He never did before. He's moving the ball at a very good level. Najee Harris needs everything to happen perfectly for him in order to run. And I'll be honest with you, Lance. I don't know what type of shape you're in. I can't probably get through the hole any quicker than anybody else. But if you have a five-yard lane in which to run, you don't need to be the 20, 22nd overall pick of the draft to get through it. Jalen Warren can do that at a third of the cost of Najee Harris. At this point now, this goes into your uh, your your pedigree um, characteristic of a player who's playing simply because he was a draft pick. That Let somebody me mentioned yeah. this in a comment earlier. That's the only reason Najee Harris is getting the ball. He is, in my opinion, now. I thought this after week one. Now, to me, it, it's it's pretty clear. Jalen Warren is not not noticeably less than Najee Harris. They are very similar. And right now, because Harris is obviously not healthy, I'd rather give Warren the ball. I don't know why they're doing it. Let me ask you this, Neil. And this gets to uh, the criticism 
And I'm going to put that comment about the coaching. This is where keep, keep this comment up. I'm going to respond th- to this. This is where, and I, and I want this is why I wanted to put this comment up from C Mac. And it says Najee Harris told Barstool in an interview this week he's dealing with Liz Frank injury and playing through it. Let me ask you this, Neil. I'm not a physician. I have stayed at the Holiday Inn, but that doesn't mean that I have a degree. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Are your eyes your feet? I don't think so. Which is amazing because that was the same comment that I was going to make. Plus, I don't give a frog's fat ass what he's dealing with. He's not any good. I don't care. I don't need a reason for it. He's not. And no, his foot does not affect his eyes. He doesn't see the field. He's no different than Trubisky. He doesn't see what's in front of him. Wasn't it the opposite way? Your eyes follow your feet follow your eyes? They should. And I think that's exactly the problem. (laughs) He doesn't see it. He dances around. He, you watch him. He shuffles. And when you're shuffling, you're not deciding where you need to go. You don't see Jalen Warren with that problem because Jalen Warren's feet go one in front of the other. Najee's go side to side. He runs like a duck. And that, that's, that's not a good thing for an NFL running back. It, we have been so quick and so certain that the offensive line is utter garbage. And that's the reason that the hero in St. Najee Harris can't make anything out of anything. Reality is you watch it, you see that the end zone cam, there are angles he needs to hit. I saw Devin Singletary make a couple runs that didn't appear to be there initially. Who's Devin Singletary? Everyone's going to say, well, he plays in this great offense. He isn't any good. No, he just does one thing. He lets his feet follow his eyes. That's how you run. Najee doesn't do that. For some reason, Najee is not doing that. If if you're going to tell me that it's because he's hurt, you need to put his ass on the bench, okay? If, if that's hurting you, if that's but if that's affecting your game that much to the point where you're cracking off 3.2 a carry, get out of here. Ah, go find somebody else. I'm, I'm done with this. You, you can't play the <laughs> you game. Said, you said, ah, I love it. I, I love it. My, and if I you're, say if, that to if, my daughter all the time. And if no, you're from no, Western, ah. yes, if I'm you're from Western PA, you're from Pittsburgh, you appreciate that. Here's the other thing Thank that you, I think, Wes. which Perfectly is said. which is so said. detrimental Sorry. to his approach, is his acceleration to top speed is also slow. There'd be one thing if you started laterally. <laughs> didn't have a top your, speed. Yeah, like Some it's, trucks it's, don't have top speeds. Yeah, trucks don't have top speed. Like cares he what needs the top, to hit the it. Trucks top speed is. Like, he's got to make a quick decision and hit it. He doesn't hit it because he doesn't see it. He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know what to do. It's And everyone will enable him and give him the excuse that, well, the line isn't blocking for him. Get the ball and go, okay? That's what you need to do. If you're you're Le'Veon Bell, you have the suddenness and the quickness to be able to elude and evade behind the line of scrimmage. Then you can sit and wait for your hole to develop. Harris isn't anywhere close to that level of an athlete. He's not that quick. He's not that explosive. And at this point now, do you realize how many games he's played now? What is he, 21, 22? At this point now, if he is not noticeably improved as a running back, he is far closer to Trent Richardson 2.0 than he is a legitimate Pro Bowl slash All-Pro level player. And it's laughable to think that people actually think that he is that good of a player because he's not. He was a volume guy last year who didn't get it until he played Cleveland at the end of the year when they didn't care at all. He doesn't carry for, for, he doesn't make big plays. 
Um, he is not good enough to create his own stuff. So the offensive line not being good won't help him at all. But a better offensive line doesn't justify more runs for him because he doesn't move the field. He doesn't he, he doesn't flip position. It's just not very good. It, it's I can't really put it any better than that. He is just a, a mediocre player. He's not a good NFL running back. I, I can't say that any more plainly. And looking at Wes Hick, Hickok's comment, and big up to Wes, longtime listener, and Wes wrote, he is starting because benching him would admit that they made a mistake, and, and that's part of it. Very I well mean, could he, be, yeah. And, <laughs> Honestly, and, 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 and don't, don't think that's not the case. You know, you know well it's could be pedigree. Like, pedigree, you take a pedigree player in the first round, I mean, you got to see if this guy could play. I mean, and you, you're going to play him. He's going to get snaps. His pedigree, unless he's fumbling, he's going to play. His pedigree is going to get him a sufficient number of snaps. We all see that Warren looks like the better player right now for this offensive line. Like Warren, as part of this development of where the Steelers are as a developmental team, in my opinion, he has to get more touches. Yep. He has to get more touches. And, and that's clearly not something they are willing to do. And that that just – the stubbornness of that – oh, you got five today. Okay. Uh, Warren had five carries today. Once again, he had the longest carry of the – the longer carry of the two, Warren versus Harris. Harris, 11 carries for 20 yards. Warren, five carries, 24 yards, long of 12. Harris's long was six. That means he had 10 carries – for 14 yards today. You're going to keep telling me it's the offensive line. Every single week, it's the same thing. Yet there's a guy in half as, as much uh, participation getting twice as better stats. It's always the offensive line's fault. It, it's ridiculous. Harris is just not good. It, it, and on top of that, to, to, to see Max's point, I don't want to belittle that. It, he is injured. You can tell he's injured. You can tell he's not right. But they're putting him out there. It's not an excuse. He needs to be able to play. If he can't do that, he shouldn't be out there. But they are stubbornly putting him out there and also it, it injecting things like exactly as you said. Unless he's fumbling, they're not going to take him out of the game. Well, what really sucks is the one thing he can do is hold on to the ball so he doesn't fumble. He's injured and he plays. He doesn't fumble and he plays. At what point do they need to recognize production should kind of count for something here? When you get a player that, that isn't productive, who steals first and second downs from your team to the point where at one point you had three consecutive third and eight situations for asking your, your rookie quarterback against a great pass rushing team, against a great defense in their environment. You're asking him to move chains on third and eight, three consecutive drives. And guess what? He failed all three times. He completed three passes, but you need eight yards in that situation. It, it's not real easy to get it. You're not setting them up to succeed by running the ball with Najee Harris. In fact, you were doing the exact opposite. Here's one stat I wanted to point out. And typically with the Steelers, they run less offensive plays than everybody. This was a game in which they ran 18 more plays than Buffalo, but gained almost 200 less yards in this game. <laughs> Buffalo it really, averaged... it really describes both teams very well. I mean, Buffalo averaged exactly double 
per play on offense than the Steelers. And you never see this type of symmetry when you're looking at game books. The Steelers average 5.1 a play. The Bills average 10.2. Now, that that's just absolutely ridiculous. And when I watch this Bills team, as good as they are, I still do think at some point in time, their inconsistent running game may be their Achilles heel, them running situationally. But even against the Steelers, they popped a run for a touchdown. Entire body is an Achilles heel at this point. I mean, it, it, it it's when you take all of it, take everything that you just said, Lance, and, and you combine it together, it just seems insane to me that your calling strategy, not so much that the direction of plays, uh, what specifically you're doing, but the, the rhythm of it, the constant first, second down runs that, that they are uh, calling, especially in the first half of games, the fact that it, it continues to not work and they'll call it anyway, putting themselves into bad positions. And then it, let me put it this way. You know what I want to do? And I'm going to do this. I can't do it on the show. It's going to take a little while. I'm going to add up the Steelers plays with Najee Harris touches versus non-Najee Harris touches. And I understand that that running the ball is going to hurt eventually, but the gap between those two things I think is going to be pretty considerable. I think it's going to look something like worst in the league when he touches the ball and among the the top half when he doesn't. And he he just doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't do anything. They are throwing away downs. This is why they don't have any possession, really. Today they did. Pickett actually completed a couple passes, which Trubisky didn't do. That helps. But the, the black hole that is Najee Harris holds them back to a point where they get behind and they're not able to come back. They're not, they're, they're not willing to try to make explosive plays because it feels like they're on a pitch count with Najee. They have to get him to a certain point. I don't understand why that is or why they do that. And let me give you guys some other numbers from the game book that are absolutely um, incredible. Both teams actually converted the same number of third downs. That doesn't five. surprise me. Five third downs. Yeah. But the this is just what didn't we talked about <laughs> when we talk about explosive plays. The Bills were five of nine, 55% on third down. They only had nine third down attempts, yeah. converted five, and had 552 yards of offense. They Nine possessed the ball. Downs. They possessed the ball for 23 minutes in this game, 2352 to be exact, and had 552 yards of offense. It's not about how long you have the ball, it's what you do with the yep. ball. Yep. That's all that's all it's ever been about. It's what you do with the ball. Had they had 35 minutes of possession, they may have scored a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. You, you you normalize that part. I mean, it, it's the fact that I, I, I just I find the symmetry here so beautiful. Bill's 10.2 yards of play, which by the way is an eye-popping number compared eye-popping. to the Steelers 5.1. <laughs> it's just it's it it really personifies everything with this game. The fact that the Bills almost had, for all intents and purposes, 200 more yards of offense in running 20 fewer plays. That is basically, we get the ball, we have no problem going over the top of you and bullying you. You're going to get the ball and dink around and, and play into 
what we're hoping that you do, which is draining the clock so we can get out of here and not have to put a whole lot of tape down for our offense. And mission accomplished. 38 points on 54 plays, Lance. You don't see and games like this very often. That was just me, a, me, a master stroke by the Bills. Let me add, let me add something to that. Josh Allen, <laughs> so they played. Uh, the Bills had the ball, I think, 54, ran for 54 plays. I bet you Josh Allen was in the game for like 35 of those. So if you figure that he was in the game for about 35, 36 of those plays, they almost scored a point for each play that he ran. I, I just, I don't, I'll have to check. Maybe somebody knows this. I'll have to check. It, it that doesn't happen very often. You don't get a point per play very often. That just Never. think of it. What would you need to score? Probably yes. 50. Yes. So you came within what 14 plays of that in this game. And that's a lot of junk at the end of the game, too. If you left Allen in, um, it, it that's efficiency at its absolute finest. This that game is, is absolute. It, it, it's, it's poetry. If you read over the stat book, it is so incredible it how is, much is, the Bills is. dominated this game. And, you know, I'm a numbers guy. Being a melon guy, I'm a numbers guy. <laughs> and this stuff is just incredible. Like, some of the numbers we've seen in some games in the NFL this year have been incredible. But there's been a lot of harping, blue gold particularly. And, and I want to jump into Dude, this blue chill gold. Out with because the tape stuff. My God. You said it as well. Um, don't try Neil, and don't about comment the culture on the internet when you're drinking, okay? That's stupid. Uh, about you said it as well, uh, Neil, about coaching, about Tomlin's mistakes, <laughs> bad game planning, running on first and second down consistently. And we were talking about what you're learning and how this is developmental. And I, I was saying this was a developmental year, but Tomlin is also learning his football team this year. And that is the difficult process about coaching is literally it is a fast moving train. Your team is morphing and changing and developing in real time at incredible speeds. Yep. He is dealing with something that he does not have a handle on. And you can criticize him for that. You can criticize him for, I think, the whole Trubisky experiment, although I get it. But where, 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 how much of this do you put on the foot of Tomlin and you put on the offensive coordinator in terms of roster construction stuff and just where they are as a football team right now? All of these things are incremental and they're, they're, they're one on top of another. You can't if you want to go all the way down the rabbit hole, it's going to go to roster construction because it, when the rubber meets the road, if you don't have dudes on your team, it's because you didn't get them. They're available. Other teams have them. The team you just played and, and got boat raced by, they've got a lot of them. And you don't really have any. Why is that? Go. It, it, it we'll start with this. There's a lot to this. I am not going to label any one thing. As much as you want blood and sacrifice for your three hours being wasted, there is a lot that goes into this that does not go down simply to what you think coaching is. Okay? Ryan Shazier is paralyzed. They are largely ineffective trying to replace that position in the middle of the season leading into the playoffs, and they get crushed in the playoffs uh, on the ground. 
because they weren't ready to handle what they needed to handle with with the group of linebackers that they had. They knew at some point, considering Ryan Shazier was going to get an extension that offseason, they needed to find an inside linebacker. They tried. It didn't work. They found a draft in which there were two of them that could be considered by some. Um, I, I don't think it was unreasonable. I don't think anybody would have disagreed at the time. Two inside linebackers you could have taken in the top 10. One of them goes six overall, which was probably not expected. There's one left, and you have a trade opportunity to move up from 20 to 10 to go get them. You trade three picks, including your first, for their first. So a net loss of two draft picks to move up to get Devin Bush. Turns out Devin Bush is all right his rookie year. Not great, but you're, you're hoping for better things for him. He misses a large chunk of his second year. He is terrible in his third year. And not looking all that good in his fourth year either. You missed out not just on replacing the position that you've needed to replace for five years, but those draft picks as well. So you are down in the count for that. We all love the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. It worked out well. You got a great player out of that. That's the type of trade you need to make. You lost draft capital on that as well. At the same time, you're signing more free agents to replace more holes. That pushes your comp formula down to the point where you're not getting reasonably ranked comps. The Steelers didn't even get a third-round comp for Bud Dupree because they signed too many guys because they had to, to some degree. Not enough guys worked out. At the same time, they didn't have enough picks to make up for, for what they're losing. That makes them go back into free agency some more, which knocks down their comp formula again. So they're not getting comp picks back to replace a lot of their roster. I think C-Mac said this earlier, too, and this is something that needs to be pointed out with the trade deadline coming up. The Steelers have five draft picks in 2023 because they've traded them, okay? And it, for, for one thing or another, uh, they needed depth at, at outside linebacker. None of us had a problem with Malik Reed in that trade, right? That's a seventh-round pick gone. I'm not sure that's any good anymore. That Akella Witherspoon pick that we gave away and we laughed about a couple of years ago for a variety of reasons, we owe that now, as weird as it is. We totally forgot about that pick. That's got to come due this year. Um, what else? I thought there was another one in here. It's just those two. I think so. So as of now, they have five picks. And depending on what they do with everybody, and I, I haven't really looked into the overall situation, but their comp formula is not going to be all that strong. So they're not going to get multiple fives and sixes the way that they used to in the past. When you get those, you can develop the low-ranking guys and make them into serviceable players after a year or two. That's how you build the depth. They don't have any depth, okay? You go into a game like this. You're playing the best team in the NFL on the road with a rookie quarterback because you missed on the free agent that you signed to play the position. You had to bench him after three and a half games. Now you've got the rookie in there. But the second half of that game, you lost like everybody. The entire secondary got hurt. They lost Wallace. They lost Cam Sutton. They had something called Josh Jackson out there playing, playing cornerback, wearing number 16, okay? Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do against Josh Allen when that guy is on the field for you. That doesn't help Quarter, things. But you don't have any depth. coverage. <laughs> they haven't been able to develop cornerbacks that they've drafted, so they've had to sign them. When you sign them, you work against your comp formula so you don't get picks back when you lose players. You hope you can exchange something you don't really want for a good player. Somebody keeps bringing up Shakir Brown, the the uh, the cornerback that I think he went undrafted and didn't make the Steelers, as if he matters. But when you don't have draft picks to replace the players that you're losing, 
you're not developing them as well. It's it's a higher margin of error with the free agents because you're paying three times as much for them. So then you get into the trap where you have to play them because you're paying them. Levi Wallace, probably a good example of that today. He didn't have a very good game. Now, I, I hope he does well. I hope he recovers. But if he's healthy and able to play next week without any other injury setbacks, how much do you want that guy on the field after what you've seen through five games? Probably not a whole lot. And they have nobody else coming up. So cornerback is absolutely a position of need for them in the draft. Multiply this over a, a couple different positions. That's what you have depth-wise. And it's not because you made a mistake in trading up to get Devin Bush, although you made a mistake to trade up to get Devin Bush. And you, you didn't make a mistake to draft Minka Fitzpatrick. And you really didn't, but you lost a lot of capital. You needed to use three draft picks to get him over two years. It's hard to overcome that. You're starting to see the lack of depth now. And I've got, if you notice me looking up here, I'm watching the Eagles against the Cardinals. It, it, Bill's Eagles is a pretty good Super Bowl pick right now. And the Eagles are a really good team doing something that is going to be closer to what the Steelers will need to do if they want to get to a championship level over the next couple of years. You got to find a way to win with a quarterback who wasn't drafted in the top seven overall. That's hard to do. They have been able to do this because, one, they have probably the most innovative coaching staff in the NFL. And two, they have prioritized depth. They built a, a great structure using the, the value of their draft picks, using free agency and trades to their advantage, and finding schematic advantages that they can use game in and game out. The Steelers are going to have to do that. But I don't know what we're seeing right now uh, from their, their current coaching staff, and I'm not even talking about the head coach. I'm not sure they're capable of doing that. To the point where I'll say this, Matt Canada is trying out for future jobs right now. There's no way that guy's coming back next year. If, if he makes it through the year, that's another thing. And I think that's more personal than anything else. The team doesn't want to fire an offensive coordinator in the middle of the season. But he's not – Matt Canada is not going to be the team's offensive coordinator next year. There's just no way this is going to happen. Um, they've got – they expected a lot out of my buddy Chase Claypool and have gotten severely disappointed from him. He's somehow a worse receiver than he was when he came into the NFL. You miss on guys like this consistently. And they, I'm not saying that it's bad. They've, they've drafted good players in the middle late rounds as well. But one, they haven't drafted many of them because they've traded these picks away. And two, some of them didn't work out. And unfortunately, the less picks you have, the more of them you have to hit on. Yes, and absolutely. When you, when you, I'm sorry. When you draft a, a fantastically mediocre player at a non-premium position that you insist on making premium in the game, Najee Harris – you're not going to be very good. And that, to me, is a problem with your, your roster development. It's a problem with your offensive direction. And those things can be put under the, the general umbrella, coaching. If we want to get into the coaching decisions, that's one thing. Game management, though, is something else. Why are they kicking field goals when they're down three touchdowns on the road? There's no I, point. I have no idea. I, I no point like, at all. Games why? like this look that bad because of that. Then on top of it, Boswell has an off game. Imagine that. He's not automatic for a change. <laughs> Doesn't usually happen. He sucked today. It was yeah, a good that game. Was, that was um that that was puzzling. But I'm glad that you brought it up, Neil, because I think roster construction gets lost a lot in its importance of being far, far more important than in-game management bullshit. That that is okay? way so more sick of arguing about timeouts. 
the yeah, dumbest that, thing that, in the world. That's, How that's you build your team important. is what matters. See, because the, the thing I think that a lot of people forget is scheme <laughs> is important, but the dudes in the scheme are even yep. more important. You yep. need dudes. When you don't have dudes, you're going to get your ass whooped like they got whooped today. I want to jump Jason into Jason Kelsey on the screen right now, looking at Jason Kelsey, who is almost a miraculously a borderline Hall of Fame center. Jason Kelsey was available to every team in the NFL several times over. He's when going you, through the Hall When of you fame. draft Jason Kelsey and another team drafts Kendrick Green, you can kind of see it, where, where the results might come from. Absolutely. When you get run out of Jalen Hurts versus you sign Mitch Trubisky, you can see what happens here. And the Eagles are Eagles are going to blow the doors off the Cardinals, a team that, that they're going to have an entire coaching overhaul after this season too. When you're not doing everything well, it's going to show, and you're eventually going to have a, a, a rip in the pants that you need to go change really quick from and have an off here. That's where the Cardinals are going to be here. The Steelers are, are clearly already going through that. <laughs> He's saying, and I don't want to make jokes on anybody that suffers from this, but are you saying that the Steelers have IBS right now? <laughs> are, you, are you saying? <laughs> what was it last week? Everybody's <laughs> freaking out because DK Metcalf gets carted off. Like he gets reported that DK Metcalf was carted off the field. Turns out he's got to take a shit. He needs to get back to the locker room. Wherever they were, it's notorious that from the field, the bathroom uh, at the at in the visiting locker room is like a mile away. And he, he tweets that he wasn't going to make it. So, yeah, he wasn't going to make it. He's fine. I mean, we all think that he's hurt for the year or whatever. But it's, oh, no, my fantasy team. Yeah, this is how it turns out. You know, it's great that we can have a, a bit of levity uh, as we end the show. And I do want to end this show with Edward James Gardner's comments. And anybody listening to the show, please like and subscribe. If you're listening to the show and you're not subscribed, please subscribe to the program. Please hit the damn like button. Edward James Gardner, EJG, said the following. As an eternal optimist, We've got a decent, not great QB, a rising star wide receiver, a future Hall of Fame outside linebacker, big time uh, parentheses, went on the field. Which we and, uh, talk not, about that, by the way. And, and I'm not necessarily rushing uh, TJ back, not for this. And some players, some young players at some positions with talent, but not too inconsistent to be, not too inconsistent to be real. Too inconsistent to be reliable. And I, I wanted to end it on that. And, 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 and you could close me out too, Neil. Is that it, it's how you choose to see it. I mean, you can always choose to see it. The scoreboard is going to always be typically what everybody's going to look at. I mean, you're, you're paid to play and win games, period. Uh, nothing more, nothing less. But you do get to points in the season where there are other goals as well. You obviously try to win the game, but teams, coaches are aware what they are. Fans, us fans, usually don't hop on board till later, right? We're forever optimists with it. But so it's how in the context, in my opinion, and how you frame the rest of the season for your fandom 
is whether you will bust your TV, um, kick your dog, you know, slap your kid, or just watch the games from a perspective of who on this roster is getting better. So when Kenny hopefully is ready to be that guy, this team can then compete. If you come out of this season with Kenny Pickett firmly established as the dude and he can play and this offensive line improves, then, then to Neil's point about the lack of talent and some of the draft picks and having to give away draft capital, if you hit on this quarterback pick, immediately you got a big-ass deposit in your developmental player bank account. And, and that's what we that's, have to that's see. That's the this position year. and that's the pick. And that's, that's why you keep him in the game, Pony. You know, uh, we've <laughs> got to see if this guy is the guy. Now, if he's not the guy, oh, this is like a seven to ten year rebuild. <laughs> like, like if he's well, not welcome the guy. To, welcome to, to half to two thirds of the NFL, probably more yes. than that. I mean, it, it's so. Steelers fans aren't used to this, but it is fully possible to not get a, a historic level quarterback for a while. <laughs> Very Mel well could happen. On, hot. Everyone, everyone, is, everyone who's freaking out of oh my god, Mel. Wow. Mel came on hot. <laughs> everyone who's freaking out about picking well, you didn't play well because they didn't win. It, it He's not Justin Herbert. Nobody is suggesting that he's like a, a, a Josh Allen superhero kind of quarterback, but he's a human being. You know, the top guys kind of aren't. They're monsters. We don't have a guy like that. And no, no one's letting the defense off the hook. I, I don't know how we could possibly be letting the defense off the hook. We just laughed at how amazing it was that the Bills almost scored one point a play. That's <laughs> against the defense. They, they were awful historically awful today historically awful they also are down 23 percent of their salary due to a pec injury and something we didn't even talk about lance tj watt had arthroscopic surgery on his knee he's going to be out for a week or two longer than i thought he was going to be this point now i'm you almost may as well put him in bubble bubble wrap and keep him on the shelf because they're looking they're they're staring pretty clearly at one and seven going into their bye week and this this could be a legitimate top five drafting team. The way they look today, I don't know how you could say they're anything less than than the worst team in football. I mean, they're they're awful. Did did Houston win today? Uh, if if Houston won today, they're the second worst team in football. That's only if Houston did win. I don't even know if that's true. I really don't. The Steelers, the only win that they have is is because the Bengals didn't have a long snapper. And the Steelers still gave them two opportunities to just simply make a kick and win. And they failed both times. It, it, yeah, Pittsburgh this, is, is epically bad. This is a bad football team. They're worse yeah, this, than I thought they were going to be. Bottom. No, Houston, Houston happened to win. Houston beat Jacksonville. It just wow. doesn't want to confirm the faith I have in them. Yeah, this, this, this team is bad. And it's going to really be a challenge to watch this team and, and keep a positive attitude with it. But I think you're going to have to change and reframe what you're watching and what you're watching it for. 
this is no longer going to be entertaining and Mel is going to town. I can't repeat Mel's comments, but I do want to post them because don't, Mel... Don't drive, Mel. Mel, Mel, play hey, some Atomic Mel, we're not, Dog. We're not getting a third-round draft pick for any of those players. And the reason is it's because they're not good enough to be on this team. <laughs> Why does somebody else want them for yeah, premium? There, Chase, Clay, Chase Claypool, we will get lucky to get a fifth-round pick in two years before next year's draft for Chase Claypool. That's an optimistic scenario for him right now. He's that bad. Chase Claypool. Yeah, it's a bad pick. I mean, that, that's where it is. Like, we're going to look back. It's a good pick. Uh, it's on him to develop. People need yes, to stop acting like this is some kind of game of roulette, okay? Yes. The player needs to develop. If they knew that Chase Claypool was going to be, like, allergic to combat catch situations, they would not have drafted him in the second round. They expected him to develop. He should have developed. He hasn't. Okay. Yeah. Somebody described a, a certain former NFL receiver. I'm not going to name names it, to me once as he had the heart of a hummingbird, which is really to say <laughs> kind of a pussy. Okay. And it, Claypool doesn't play with a whole lot of strength in his game. I'm sure he's out there trying. I'm not accusing him of not playing with effort or any of that crap. Okay. It, it's not that he's not trying. It's that he does not take over. He does not dominate his opponent. He doesn't seem to want to do that. He is not as contact courageous as you'd like him to be. He's contact averse. Yes. And the reason he dropped that fourth down pass is because he didn't go get it. I gave him a pass last week, Lance. And it, you, I got, I took all kinds of shit from people for that. I gave him a pass on the ball that, that, uh, pick it through they got intercepted this one today was bad like dude you've got to catch that ball it's fourth down you're there passes on the money you should have made the play he doesn't do that when you have multiple draft picks like this taken higher that are just falling off and and becoming not even dudes i i don't know what you're going to do why why claypool is getting nine targets is is beyond me but if pickens if pickens doesn't get 12 or more targets next week, something is really wrong because, frankly, he is just easily the best player that they have on offense, and they need to give him the ball more. But they're screwing around with Claypool. It, it's, it's dumb. It's just dumb. You know, I, I'm reading some of Blue Gold's comments before we get out of here. Just Verducci, mute him, man. please. This is stupid. It's not even close to how you spell his name, by the way. And Let me... 30, 31 teams, including the Ravens, passed on drafting Lamar Jackson. You're going to yes. go after the Steelers for drafting a safety that they needed? Besides, buddy, Edmonds wasn't in the game today. What happened on the first damn play, or excuse me, the third play of this game? What happened? The safety screwed up. 98-yard touchdown pass because Edmonds wasn't in the game. You're freaking out over that? Get a clue. This is, this is nonsense. Terrell here's Edmonds my, is not the reason this team is one and four. Here, okay? Here's my point to, to, to echo what you're saying, Neil. Verducci, man, as they kept COVID around too long, could not adapt to the changes in the NFL with draft picks. Let me just say this in blue gold. And, I, and we're not trying to criticize you, blue gold. Um, it's not that easy. Typically, the answers to why your football team is bad isn't one question that you could solve. Like, it, it's not one thing. It's always a preponderance of things. 
it's never just one thing unless like, you know, Tom Brady in his prime gets hurt. I mean, something like that and why you're bad, but it's never one thing. These things are hard to solve. And like Neil and myself, we were saying in the show, they compound, you know, they, they compound one thing pulls the string of another thing, which pulls the foundation that's loose in another area. Then that starts another crack. Then by the time you know it, you're one in four, you're one of the worst football teams in a national football league, and you're going to get your ass whooped for the entire rest of the season. But that still doesn't mean that positive things can't happen game to game and some of these guys develop. Again, they got to get Kenny Pickett right. They got they got to get Pickett right. And if this offensive line and Pickett gets right, you can say that this year from a developmental perspective, was positive let me let me get out of here and speak to this i want to shed some light on my guy christian what's up christian neil captured why the steelers are in a place they're in they have drafted poorly and given up draft capital and it all started because of the shazier injury and 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 i think you're spot on i I agree with that that in whole i i just want to adjust a little bit i didn't say they drafted poorly they don't have as many darts to throw at the board yes and that has hurt them and from there Frankly, I, I think the arrow is pointed up on, on more of the players that they've drafted than not. You don't hit on all of them. If you get three starters in a draft, you had a good draft. You're happy about that. They have recently, and they, they, they it's the whole thing. And I've gone over this at, at various times, but they have this whole thing against fifth-round draft picks. They hate fifth-round draft picks. They trade them away for players like Akella Witherspoon all the time. They're looking to get value out of that because they just, for whatever reason, they don't see the value probably per contract on a fifth round pick versus a sixth round pick. They feel if they're going to spend uh, as, as much as they would on a fifth round pick, they may as well get a veteran that they know something about. I, I can see there being a, a, a correlation there. I'm not going to get into it now. We don't have enough time, but they're okay trading those picks away. But the picks that they didn't take, they didn't get because of the Bush trade and the Fitzpatrick trade, they, they stack up down the line. Okay, it's not just those uh, irrespective of each other. You put those together. Those are a few less players that they have. That's a few more players they have to trade or they have to sign in free agency. And those things, to, to the degree that they affect your comp formula, don't bring back more picks. So you don't get a chance to to bring those back to your team. Fewer darts to throw at the board. You don't have as many. But when I look at, at DeMarvin Leal, for example, who unfortunately got hurt today, he's playing a lot. He's done really well. Um, they traded for Isaiah Loudermilk, a player that I really liked, is now buried behind a, 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 in a fairly deep uh, defensive line group for the Steelers. They traded up an asset for him uh, with, I think it was Seattle a couple years ago. It, things like that work against you if you're trying to build holistically, which is to say you can miss on a draft pick. You cannot miss on a trade. You cannot miss on a guy that you trade a draft pick for because you lose twice if you do that. That's really more of what's happened here. And on top of it all, I hate to be Captain Obvious, but their quarterback has sucked for the better part of the last 30 games they've played. When you don't have a quarterback, you don't win. It's as simple as that in the NFL. You're going to have results like we've seen with the Steelers to this point. So there there are a lot of things that, that are going into this, and there are a lot of things that they are fixing. They need probably to focus on the cornerback position soon, the inside linebacker position yet again, because frankly, didn't get a chance to get into this, Lance. 
it, Devin Bush might have played the worst game he's played in the last two years. I didn't think he could get that low again. He was awful today. Huge, huge miss with that. That's a that's a massive blunder. I don't want to call it that because I I feel the trade made sense at the time, but the 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 rate of return of their of what they're getting on him is so abysmally bad. It might be the worst decision they've made uh, since Rivera over Marino. And RIP to Gabe Rivera. Unfortunately, a, a bad thing happened there. But it, Devin Bush was that bad, and it is hurt that much. Truly and legitimately, he's that bad of a player, and they gave up a lot of capital to get him. Yep, it's going to be a long year, folks. Um, and we love you, Blue Gold. We do love you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit us with a like and a follow. Uh, we love you guys. We love everybody that chimed in. Big up to Morgan Bradley. Big up to everybody. Hey, just buckle up. Buck, buckle up. Don't kick your dog. And uh, just enjoy the development of Kitty nice. Wood. Stay eligible. Yes, this is Kitty Wood time. And I, and I had a great time watching Kenny as I was riding the steel phantom uh, while I was watching the game. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. <laughs> Look at Mel. <laughs> Mel is killing me. <laughs> Mel is Mel's not me. having it. Mel is, Mel is done. It. Mel, you got to play Atomic Dog. You got to you got you got to set out a step, Mel. You got to play some atomic dogs at the house. Mel, and set out Mel I'm going to give you some advice. Do not look back on Chase Claypool's performance today. I'm telling you, it's going to infuriate <laughs> you even more. Or, or uh, second and nine, they're down 17 to three. Second and nine, let's run the ball to Harris again. Let's get him outside on the edge again because he's fast enough to turn it upfield. He has vision enough to cut back in zone. That That play works every time. I love it when they do that. And before we get out of here, just speaking to Christian's last question, um, did the Steelers get it right with Kenny Pickett? Um, it's too early to tell. I like I like the character in which he plays, though. He's an aggressive guy. He's willing to cut it loose and try to make tight window throws. I, I thought, and I thought he played pretty well on third down today. I, I, I like the traits that I see with Kenny Pickett. Um, not physically the most physically gifted guy in terms of arm strength and so on and so forth. I think you can see the difference between the two, but let me just put it like this. I think Kenny has big paws. I think he has big paws. He might not be the alpha in your litter, but he definitely, I think, is the beta. Um, but, but I think Kenny has big paws, and um, it's a little early to call it. I agree with you, blue gold, but I think Kenny does have some big paws. My quarterback got a personal foul penalty today because he didn't like the way he got tackled by a guy twice the size, and he went after him, not once, but twice. Tire teams had to separate him from him. I like him. Okay? We'll see where he turns out, but what I know right now is he's got fight, he's got big paws, and he's got big balls. I'll take that guy all day. We'll see, we'll see where we end up with that. Much better position than they were a week, two weeks, three weeks ago. And uh, we're going to get out of here because we had a ball drop. Holla at your boy. We're out of here. Go Steelers. Tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.